0: Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Oh Jesus, Hilly, just come and join me here this here. This was my is my very attractive roommate from Varsity. Eh? Um, he, vir lekker le, is wat hulle sê. En ons het like lekker in kamer. Um, um, elke middag eten, na middag eten, dan leg jy op sy bed met die bybel so op sy bors, tot die bybel Then it's a 20 minute uh, power nap. And then it's uh, classes again. And Khili, I just want to honor you. It was incredible. And uh, I guess you'll share one or two things you always do. We always make fun of one another when we get the opportunity. But um, it was just amazing seeing Khili um, giving his heart to God. I was, I think maybe uh, one year before you, I gave my heart to God and I was praying for him and some other men. And just to see God's hand, you know, really touching and changing people we pray for it's it's a miracle but it it happens it's so amazing Uh, and once hilly gave his heart to god i just knew momentum in the res would shift because he's just really a influencer and a likable guy and then he started to stand up for the gospel and uh, his life changed because i came to res uh knowing god but hilly's first time at res he was not a christian so the whole res had to witness him uh, change. And, and we have a, a small res, 120 uh, pupils, and, um, and we know one another. We all, everyone eats together. Everyone knows where everyone stays in the whole place. And so you really see alive the change. Um, so that's great, having you, And just one thing I also shared this morning, we're also glad that all the ladies that came for tea during Vasti that they're still alive because they don't know how dirty our teacups were in that res. <laughs> so we would just boil the kettle quickly before, before they come, put it in the teacup, you know, spin it, maybe have two fingers in there, you know, just wiggle it and then out of the third story, <laughs> and then a lovely tea with a flavor, tea with a flavor. So um, I, I'm just handing over to Gili. Gili, thanks for being here tonight. Um, it's awesome to have you here. Lekker. Awesome, guys. Thank you. Um, it's, it's a
1: privilege to be here. Um, I shared this morning, but Vanna was actually my first small group leader, um, and I think if it wasn't for him, then I would still be without a small group, because the first the three months I sat in a small group like this, arms Cross. Um, mad at life and maybe at God and at people, and um, I just observed everything these guys were doing. So so Vanner introduced cool Christianity to me. Okay, I've, before that I never saw someone serve the Lord, and it looked nice doing it. Um, plus, it's a, a decent people that serve him so for, for me that was that was great to see guys following after God and um, I just I followed them I, I remember I, s- I said this this morning again oh, oh, also that um, Vanner prayed we prayed for certain individuals in the in the res and those guys he literally we we were very passionate so at that stage I know you still cry not often but Sometimes. So at that at that time we cried for these guys and literally cried out to God and in our prayer and intercession for them just said, Lord, please save them. But I was like, it will never happen. Okay, these guys are hard, they are good sinners. Um, they will never turn. (laughs) They loved sinning like all of us. And um and they did, and one for one, um, they came to God and just before every single time just before they came to salvation they would persecute Vaner. it was so funny um, so then they would say mad stuff at him and, and in the house meeting say stuff at him and I would just look at him just take it and love them back and that was actually the thing that changed my heart, is the fact that he took the persecution, didn't respond, knew that he was praying for them, and then a month or two after that, they would crack and they'll come into the kingdom. It's, it's a great weapon. So um, if you want someone saved, just make them mad at Vanner. Okay? Um, then it'll happen easily. Easily. Okay. So it's, it's really nice to be here. I, um, I remember this morning, we were here nine years ago, I think, on a MTP ministry training trip, me and Vanner and some other people praying for Shauver um, Sekunda. That was the start where Rania where you guys are living now. Uh, we were there that that weekend, um, did a braai and a swim, and um, everything church people do. And um, it's just amazing. You guys are the fruit of um, just years of praying and years of of labor. So I want to honor you. There's people here in front and some of you that I see every single time I get here. So thank you. New faces, leading worship. High five. That's amazing. Um, Maria and Yanda. So um, yeah, it, it's just amazing to see the congregation growing. There was people this morning that I've i didn't, never seen before, like 30 or 40 of them, so it was just like, hello, 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 um, so um, yeah, I just want to honor you guys for your faithfulness, and just your service, and um, what you're doing here is really amazing. I think it must be a privilege to be, you know, in Vanners church, so if I could choose a church, I would be in this church, um, so it's, it's really good. Um, I want to share something with you that um, we've been talking about for four weeks in Porch um, of It's load shedding. Sorry, Anu. I know we just prayed for loud shading, not stealing our joy. Um, <laughs> so um, we, I don't want to speak about politics. Hallelujah. Um, I don't want to speak about Eskom, um, but I think load shedding is great, don't you? There's some romantic moments there when the, the 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 electricity is down and there's a kettle boiling, and you and your wife. We bought a gas kettle and we sit around the table and drink and have good chats. So I think it's great that the power is off. I know there's guys that, that it's bad financially, um, but we want to speak about the good stuff tonight, okay? So, so I believe just as the power goes out, there's certain things in our life that steal our joy, steal our peace, steal our love, steal our life, and um, we don't have to fall in that tra- those traps every single time. We can learn from scripture, we can learn from one another, we can um, see what other people do and follow that. So so I want to share with you literally two things tonight that I've seen in scripture and in the life of our congregation and my my life that, that steal from us um, and, and we want to stay clear of those traps, amen? Is that good? Are you all with me, all awake? Um, this morning we had three hours service, so Vanner said you won't mind at, if, if we end at 8. Okay, then the movie starts in Mnet, so that would be great if we just can, can um, finish before 8 o'clock, but we'll, we'll, I'll try to, I don't know, in, in porch we just preach all day, okay, so um, <laughs> so I hope we finish just before 8 so you guys can watch the movie and drink some coffee. Um if you've read, read the book of Acts, then you would see there's some, some guys in there that they've got radical lives. Um, Peter walking down the road and literally his shadow falling on people and they're getting healed. I mean, who was at the rugby yesterday? Okay. But yes. Okay. Where were the rest of you? At the mall? Wedding. The Lowren's wedding. Yes. Yes, all the brothers, four of you in this church, huh? That's amazing. That's amazing. Yes, yes. Okay, so did this happen at the wedding? Okay, did you turn water into wine? Lawrence, there was enough wine. Okay, it wasn't necessary. Um, did some of you walk past sick people and your your shadow healed them? Not not yet. Okay, so so these guys, they prayed in in buildings and the building literally shook i mean monday monday night prayer intercession in the foyer Um, did you feel the building shake a few times I I said to our students please just pray outside of the building we can't afford this building to shake anymore those are radical stuff and we read it and we think y'all it's it's for those times but these guys were filled with the power of God and I just I don't want to just speak about signs and wonders and miracles tonight actually not at all but I want to I want to speak about the power of God that is in us that that, that literally enables us the grace that enables us to live a victorious life. We, we see in scripture that um, these guys, Acts, Acts 13, I think it was 16, the, the community said, You know what? We're going to call this group, we're going to call them Christians for the first time because they look like Christ. That's what they are little Christ. So, so the whole community gathered and said, These guys look just like jesus that was the year before them so we want to name all of them the same thing isn't that a great testimony won't that be a great testimony if everyone in in Sekunda say listen those shofar Sekunda people they are filled with the power of god and i believe they look something like jesus they're filled with god's power they're filled with the fullness of his joy his peace his presence we we, we read in scripture that um Scripture says that John the Baptist was strong in spirit. I don't know if you've wondered, how is, how is someone strong in spirit? Okay, Do you have to eat honey and sprungkane and have um, clothes with camel hair to be strong in spirit? Because then we have to bring out a new brand. Okay, um, How does that look like, to be strong in spirit? So, so when we speak about being strong, we speak about being strong in God. How how does a life look that's unshakable, that's always filled with hope, always filled with faith? And what I want us to, to know tonight is it's not only something that's available for some Christians. It's not only available for those that worship extravagantly okay, it's available for every single one of us, it's not only for the people on the stage or the people in front, it's for every single one of us that God has given us the grace, the ability to live from His strength, okay, so, so whenever there's a promise in Scripture and there's a few promises that God will strengthen us, who have you been tired before, okay, okay. If you jog, you've been tired. You know what's worse than being physically tired? It's when you're emotionally or spiritually tired. Sometimes you don't even recognize it. You're just like, oh, I'm in this, in and I don't know what to do, don't know what to say, don't know how to react. And, and there's a few times in scripture where God says to his people, listen, I will strengthen you. I will give you the strength. So one of those promises, Isaiah 40, and maybe you've read this. Um, let's let's read it together this morning. Vessel struggle there. It's wonderful. Okay. Um, uh, not throwing Vessel under the bus is a wonderful man, um, but um, it's great. Okay. I'm going to stop right there. Isaiah 40 verse 29 says, he gives strength to the weary. Um, and I don't know where you guys are. I don't know. If anyone know exactly what state you are in, spiritually, emotionally. But I want you to be really honest with yourself tonight. Okay, don't be those church people that while someone is preaching, you're thinking, Oh, I wish they were here to hear. Okay? Jy my net hierdie preek kon gehoor het um, think about yourself, we're good at that, okay, think about yourself, ex- ex- access yourself, and see, listen, do I need strength, because that's what we want to pray for tonight, if we want strength, we want to live a strong life, then we want to pray for you at the end, so, so this is the promise, it says, he gives strength to the weary, and increases the power of the weak, even youths, is there youth here, yes, youth." <laughs> yeah. Okay, even youth. I'm a youth as well, you guys. <laughs> it's great. Um, even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. It's obviously women as well. Okay, young men and young women stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, they will soar on wings like eagles, they will run. And not grow weary. And all the three say, Amen. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This is a promise from God that he will strengthen us when we are weak. Okay? It's a promise. Whenever, I want to teach you something. Whenever there's a promise, there's a premise. So whenever God gives us a promise, a belofter, then there's something on our side that we should do to receive the promise. It's not that, that we... Um, we manipulate God or we try to bend his arm to give us what his scripture says. It's just that we position ourselves to receive it. So when Jesus says, um, I've got living water, we need to position ourselves to receive those living water. Okay? It doesn't just fall on you one morning when you wake up and get out of bed and then it's just like a shower on your head. Okay? You need to position yourself to receive the promise. So when God says, I will strengthen you, there are certain things that we can do to receive that strength. And that's what we want to speak about tonight. What are those things? How do I strengthen myself or position myself to be strengthened by God? David was a man like this. I want to read you one scripture. I don't know if you've read this before. 1 Samuel 30 verse, verse 6. So just to give you a bit of context, what happened here is is David was rejected by a few groups of people in his life. He was rejected by the Israelites. He was rejected at this time by the Philistines that he fought with for a time. He was rejected by some of his family. And he literally only had one group left. And this was the 400 guys that he trained to be warriors. Okay, these guys were like the movie 300 it was made for them. Okay? They were excellent. One of them could kill a thousand men. So exceptional warriors. And they were around David. And, and what happened is they were out to battle. And they came back. And when they came over the hill, in my head it's like a picture. They saw the houses were broken down and um, no one was left. All the women and all the children was gone. Obviously, if that is you, you're tired, physically tired, and now it's like someone steals your hope and, and, and fills you with fear. Because when, when people steal other people, you don't know what they do with them. Okay, so, so I can think that every single man in that place was filled with fear. Where's my wife and where's my children? I would go crazy if someone steals my wife. I would be taken Liam Nissen, like he... <laughs> That would be me, okay? The old China, I will take them down. <laughs> um, so, um, these guys were mad, and they were bitter. Listen, listen to what Scripture says here. David was greatly distressed, for the people, this, these men, spoke of stoning him. Now, if, in the Old Testament, when you stone someone, you, you, they don't just pick up a rock and throw him with it, like, On his head and it's like, okay, it's rocks and it's dead. It's vicious. So these men spoke of stoning him. It was a vicious way of of killing someone. Because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Scripture doesn't tell us how he did it. But we know that David was a worshipper. We know that he was um, a guy that before he was king, he had a harp and he played it and he worshipped the Lord. And I think in those times when he was alone, he knew how to find strength. So there, there's a key there. We see one, one time in David's life where he danced as king without his kingly robe. He still had a pri- priestly robe on. Okay, So don't worry, he wasn't naked totally. Um, he was dancing in front of the whole um, Israel and his wife said to him David please, just just come here um, you're making a fool of yourself and he told his wife I will become even more undignified than this if if, if it means that I need to dance before the Lord And I know men all of you are dancers um, I know you love doing that in your quiet time yes okay I'm going to do a few dances for you now no <laughs> um but David was, was secure in his manhood and he, he danced so that the whole nation could see because he had to want to worship God. And that, that I think is one of the keys that he knew how to strengthen himself in the Lord. But there's a few things for us that we can position ourselves to, um, to be strong in God. The, the first thing is, is the following. Is we must stay clear of the trap of comparison trap of comparison. Who of you have got, all of you have got phones, okay? Everyone is on Instagram. Tani, Instagram? What is it? it? Is all on Instagram? Come on, go on Instagram. Have you ever been in church with the preacher? I want to show you something. This is what happens. We sit at home on our couches or in the coffee shop or whenever just before we sleep, and we take this phone. There's no generation that had this temptation like we do now before us. I didn't know when we were at school, we were like 30 kilometers from each other, but we didn't know each other. I didn't know what people in the, in the towns next to us did. I didn't even know what my friends did. Now I know what every single one does every single day because I can just see what they post. So what do I do? I compare my life to their life I compare my low lights with their highlights. okay so I'm on my Instagram. nice skippers, a wedding that's wonderful. youngly married and now going on a wedding every single weekend to a different place. That's great. New baby. Paul, Western Cape. Wonderful. So if I struggled well. I won't be pregnant, luckily. But if, if we struggled, me and my wife, to get pregnant, and I was constantly looking at baby photos, what would that do to my heart? It will rub like salt in the wounds. Yeah, that's not so nice. Okay. Joburg. Book. Mm. Church, Voo Church, Irwin McManus, great crowds, a lot of people. Oh, John Bevere, yes. Rogue Fitness, some CrossFit guys, great stuff. Practicing, doing exercises with weights I only dream of. Um, oh, it's David Crowder, he's got a bucky, it's nice. Must have, must have been expensive. Um, you see what happens. Is, is Jealousy comes to sit in our heart very quickly. They, they did a Harvard study where they gave, they asked students for 30 minutes to be on Facebook in a room, one room, and they asked them one question after 30 minutes. What is the number one emotion that you feel after 30 minutes on social media? And every single one of them said jealousy. Jealousy. There's, there's no one that was tempted like this with jealousy like, like we are because this stuff didn't um, exist then. So so jealousy is when we compare our lives with someone else's life and envy starts to creep into our heart and you know what envy does is is there's a statement I want to I want to read to you envy ignores the goodness of God in our life and focuses on the goodness of God in other people's life that's what envy does so so I compare my life with someone else and I see and I say to myself God is good to this person he or she is in Mauritius, look at that baby, look at that marriage, look at that friendships, oh, on vacation again, new shoes, new fashion, great, great, great. New house, okay, well, I've been wanting a house forever, but new house. So, so um, that's what com- comparison does, it, it fills our heart with, with envy, And we forget about the goodness of God. There's just no win when we compare our lives, okay? Because either we are ahead of people and we're filled with pride, or we are behind people and we're filled with envy. (laughs) So when we compare our people to other people, our finances to other people's finances, our stuff to their stuff, we cannot win. We cannot win. We're filled with envy. So, so this is what you can do to help yourself. is whenever you want something, you desire something, and you see someone else walk in it, blessed with it, have breakthrough, what do you do? Okay? You can have one of two responses. You can either sit and be envious and be jealous and say, God, why are you good to them and not to me? I've been praying for this breakthrough. Um. Or you can celebrate their win. And you can literally make a fuss about it. If you're praying for a house and trusting God to buy a house or rent a house or do something, then, then, and, and your friends in small group, they get a house after not even searching for too long. And they get the finance and they get the everything. What do you do? You, you, you buy them a gift. You say to them, this nice watch, put it against your wall. I want to bless you guys with it. Just, just, just bless you. We celebrate what other people are getting and what we desire. When we trust in God for a relationship and our friend um, gets a relationship, into a relationship, what do we do? We celebrate it. We have a couple in our church. They're struggling to, to have babies, to be pregnant, to, have, to fall pregnant. And um, what happened is the, the, the guy, his sister got pregnant out of wedlock. So she got pregnant, she's not married because of a mistake one night and now this couple sits and they're confronted with this. What do we do with this now? We are following God, we're in church, we're in small group, our hearts are for God and our sister that's not even following Jesus sleeps around and she gets a child. What do you do with that? You celebrate it. You celebrate it. And you, you keep on trusting God. Whenever you, you go into jealousy, it, it, it fills your heart. There's two things that steal strength from you. One is the fact that we, um, what's afgode in English? Idols. It's when we start to worship idols. You know when idols start to form in our heart. Idols start to form in our heart when we want something long enough we see no breakthrough and it becomes more important than Jesus. And you know what it starts with? With jealousy. One simple thought of jealousy. And then this thing gets bigger and bigger and bigger in our lives and in our heads. And we start to, to literally, those things steal our joy. It depend, our joy depends on if we get these things or not. So, so, when we worship idols, when something becomes more important to us than Jesus, it steals our strength. And you can test yourself. <laughs> what are you being devoted to at this time, in your heart, in your mind, in your thinking, more than Jesus? It's a simple test. And I know you need to work 10, 12, 15 hours. Our past, we, as pastors, we don't work, we read the Bible, we pray. Do stuff like that. So we don't really work. But the rest of you guys, when you work, um, you, you, it's, not a, it's not a matter of what do we spend the most time on. It's what, where our hearts are at. Okay? I was at times in my life where I had to say, Lord, I've made an idol of church. It's a good thing. And it's normally the good things that become God things. It's, it's when my wife is too important. It, and it, she's the most amazing gift from God, but it's when she becomes more important, her happiness becomes more important to me than following what God says. Then I'm in idolatry and I need to repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry. It's when my children, that is a gift from God, they get, they're too important. And, and I need to, to just come again to that place where I say, Lord, the church, what, what would I be without the church? What would I be without my wife? What would I be without my children? Would I still follow him? If something happens, what would I do? Would I still follow him? Would I still love him? And the answer needs to be yes, 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 yes. So you can, you can test yourself tonight. The other thing that, that steals strength from us is when we have a lack of intimacy. When we are intimate with God, we are strong in Him. When we're far from Him, we, we struggle. We struggle. We're filled with anxiety. We're filled with um, anger. We're filled with shame. That's also two things that we spoke about at our, um, our campaign um, that fills our life if we are not filled with God. So, so there's a scripture that I love in Nehemiah um, 8 verse 10. It says that the joy of the Lord... Um, it is on there. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I read this statement. The guy says, "Yo," and he Afrikaans say, "Jy sal nie geestelik so sterk wees soos wat jou God volfrigde is. Okay? Jy sal nie geestelik so sterk wees soos wat jou God volfrigde is. When we think about God, we think about formal rules, rituals. Yes, no, sir. I don't know why." It's just the way we were brought up, maybe we were taught that way, religion told us that God is, is mad at us, He's far from us, He's distant, um, but, but that's not who God is. Psalm says that Jesus that, not Jesus, that God sits in heaven and he laughs at his enemies. He's filled with joy. There's one guy that wrote a book about the four um, first books of the New Testament that's, that that stated all those times that Jesus used humor. Because when we read the Bible, we're like, "I okay?" He did. We don't understand the way the Bible was written, the language that it was written in. So God is filled with joy. Isn't that good news? Everyone says amen and amen. Okay. God is filled with joy. Now maybe you say, "Chili, that's fantastic. He's filled with joy. What does that got to do with me? so so this is the question how do we get the joy of the Lord because he's filled with joy to be our strength so so Jesus said to his disciples John 15 he said this is the key to having the joy of the Lord in in your life and it's this key of intimacy he said the following he said verse four he said abide in me and I will abide in you Jesus said to them, and then verse 11, listen to this. He says, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you. My joy may be in you. You know the the difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is caused by circumstances. Joy is something that we feel, it doesn't matter what the circumstances. Let my joy be in you, and that your joy may be full. Your joy may be full. I want to just get back to that that jealousy part um, and maybe speak about this joy as well. Paul was one guy that learned how to be content with his circumstances. Happiness is when our circumstances work. It's when I get the promotion, I get the relationship, I, I get all these things. But what if it doesn't? Paul wrote Philippians 4, verse 12 and 13, while he was arrested, he was in prison, chained. There was a Roman guard there and he was under house arrest. And he wrote and he said, I have learned to be content with everything. With much, with little, when I'm hungry, when I'm not hungry, I've learned to be content with every single thing. And then he he states, verse 13, where he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know where there's strength, it's when you are content. Scripture says, Paul also writes, he says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Contentment. It's when I'm I'm, I'm with everything that I have. I'm not ignoring God's goodness. So this is the problem with, with when I have a lack of joy and a lack of contentment. It's not that you are jealous and you're mad at someone. It's that that feeling is to with God. Okay, the problem with jealousy is that you are actually mad at God for dealing, giving you the, car, the, the hand of cards that you have. Why did you give me this parents? Why did you give me this upbringing? Why did you give me this education? Why did you give me these friends? It's not against the person because there will be someone else with better friends and everything that you need. It's against God. So, so this is why Jesus says, your joy should be full when your joy or my joy. When I am in you, your joy will be full. It will not be your circumstances. You've learned to be content because you are in me. You are in me. So so I want to ask you this tonight. When we come to church, and, and I know there's stages of growth. I know like Vanner said when we, we first come came to the Lord, there's a season there first year or two that you just come and you just You just want. You're just like a a baby that's hungry. That's what Scripture actually calls. We just feed you. Okay? And then there's a different stage where you grow by being disciplined, where where you learn to read your Bible, you learn to pray, you learn to fast. And I know and I've got respect for those stages of growth. But I want something to change in, in your head tonight. When you come to church or come to small group, how do, you, how do you, or at your home, how are you intimate with God? How does it work? We can't see Jesus. He's not here in the flesh anymore. He's here by his spirit. But how can we be intimate with him? It's like, how am I intimate with God? I believe one of the keys to be intimate with him is when we minister to him. Acts 13, I want to read the scripture to you. Acts 13, um, these disciples that walked in the power of God, it it said that they they had daily prayer times. And this is what they did at their daily prayer times. They ministered to the Lord. The rest of the verse isn't, isn't important. They ministered to the Lord. You know what we do when we come to God? We have a list. We're like, okay, these five things, these 10 things, please, Lord, do this for me. And I know because I do it as well. I've got my list. I've got my needs. I've got my stuff. Lord, please speak to my wife. Please sort her out. Um, Lord, please do this. Please speak to this difficult people in church. Sort them out. Sort everyone out. Lord, I just want to sit here. Okay? I, I know of those lists. But when last did you come to God and you came to church and you came to small group and, and spent time with God in your quiet time where you said, Lord, I'm here. Not for myself, but I'm here to minister to you. I'm here to to tell you that I love you. I'm here to tell you that you are more than I could ever want. You are more than enough for me. Do you know what will happen? You will be a church filled with really strong people. And I don't mean physically strong. You will be filled with the power of God. You will experience Christ, I believe, like you've never experienced him before. There were two types of priests in the Old Testament ezekiel 44 speaks of them It says the one priest come into the temple and they they do everything that must be done and that is important i don't want to make we can't have church if maria and yanda didn't lead us in worship if they want someone to to do the offering to do the announcements to boil the kettle that we're gonna have great coffee those things are important but that's not that's not what it's about So that was the one kind of priest. They were only there and they only worried about getting everything in order. But God said, um, they've broken covenant with me. You can go and read it, Ezekiel 44 verse 7. And then he said, there's a different kind of priest. And this is the kind of priest that I want. And that's verse 15 where he says, this is the kind of priest that ministered to me. You know what? We are called in 1 Peter 2, a kingdom of priests. You are a priest. Okay, don't think... Roman Catholic Church, priest, okay, don't think that. (laughs) Priest is like the Old Testament. It's, It's people that God appoint to minister to Him. To Him. Not minister to people, first of all. That is important too. But first of all, their ministry was to minister to God. So they came into the temple every single day and they said, Lord, You are worthy. Thank You. Thank You that You love us. Thank you that we can be in your presence. Those guys had a lesser covenant. There was one by one meter box where the presence of God was on earth. We've got access to his presence any single day, any single minute, like we did now in worship, like we're going to do after the service. We've got access to his presence. There's so much more to be thankful for, to thank him for, to minister to him. Lord, thank you that you've forgiven my sins. Thank you that you've cleansed me. Thank you that you've, you've forgiven me, that I'm guilt-free, that I'm a son, that I'm a daughter in the house. I want to minister to you. Now, I want to ask you to quickly think, and in the most uncondemning way that I can, <laughs> think about how is your ministry to the Lord? I don't, I'm not speaking about your ministry to people. I'm not speaking about your ministry to the rugby club or the world or your, your uh, business people or the people in school. I'm not speaking to your ministry to the people in church. I'm speaking about your ministry to the Lord. How is it? Are you telling him who you are, who he is? Are you ministering to him, thanking him, worshipping him, just sitting? There's a picture of this in scripture. I'm going to close with this. There's a picture of this in Luke 7. Now Luke 7, the, um, the woman is called um, Mary and um, Jesus is invited by a Pharisee called Simon to his house. And Simon is in his house, he's at the door. Usually Jewish custom was that the, the host needs to be at the door while the celebrity guests are at the other end of the room so that he can control whatever is happening in the room. And then there was a custom. When they come, came into your house, you need to wash their feet, anoint them with oil, kiss them, and say, Hey, Welcome. Welcome to, to my house. I honor you. I celebrate you. It's a way of ministering to them. So, so Simon was at the door and this woman enters. His name is Mary. And, and Mary, we learn that Jesus drove out seven demons from her. She was a prostitute. I think it was, it, I said this morning, I think it should have been a very awkward moment because she probably knew some of the men in the room. She didn't mind. She didn't care. And I I see this in my my head. She enters the room and she starts to cry because she's in the presence of the king. You know what we do when we come to church? I do it all the time as a pastor. I say, Lord, you're welcome here. That's a silly prayer. The Lord is telling us, listen, you are welcome here. This is my house. You are my house. And you are welcome at my table. It's not I'm welcome at your table. You are welcome at my table. Come and sit. And she enters into that, that, um, that room. And she, she kneels at the feet of Jesus. I want you to see this. With men in the room. The only woman. And she starts to cry. And to wet his feet with her tears. She breaks her alabaster flask. And she starts to anoint him. And she kisses him. You know what the word for, um, for worship is? It's it's. Something like that. It, it, it means to draw near for a kiss. So, so God is, is like this all the time, waiting for us. I know that's not good for you. Okay, my wife loves it when I do that. Okay. Everyone, do this? Come on. <laughs> that is, God is drawing near for a kiss that's what worship is and this woman kisses jesus kisses feet and simon at the door says if he was a prophet he would know which woman is touching him he's basically saying she's defiled and unworthy to be in his presence and jesus rebukes him without him saying anything and jesus says listen if you have depth." And someone says that you've got no depth anymore. And there's a other guy. He's got also got debt. But he's got more. Who would be more grateful? You or the other guy? He says, obviously the other guy with more depth. And he says, she has been forgiven much. That's why she loves much. Now, I've thought about this a long time. So does not mean we have to have this radical testimony I, I'm, I, before I come to salvation? I need to sleep around and rook dacha. You know, do all these wild things because then I would love much. I think this woman was just aware of a, a, a sin. I believe if you are, even if you've grown up very formal, um, very religious, and you come to salvation and you made a decision, there's still sin. And if you are aware of your sin, you will love much. You will love much. So this woman comes and she just adores Jesus. She she ministers to him. The rest is sitting at the house feeding, eating. Jesus, tell us a story. (laughs) And he says to Simon, Simon, I came into your house. You didn't kiss me. You didn't anoint me. You didn't wash my feet. But this woman, she came in and she did all that. This is what I want you to do. She's ministering to him. She's not waiting to be ministered to. You see the difference? This same Mary, Luke 10, three chapters later. Luke 10. Jesus visited well, theologians debate if it's the same Mary, doesn't matter. She comes to Mary and Martha's house. Jesus comes to Mary and Martha's house. And Martha's in the kitchen. She's she's doing great stuff. Okay. When Jesus just think about Jesus visiting your house, okay, what would you do? I would go crazy. I will clean the floor ten times. (laughs) <laughs> okay as the the lekkerste koeldrang cool wees romani creams okay for jesus <laughs> chocolate chip cookies for jesus okay don't know what he would eat or drink um, I know what santa drinks and eats oreos and milk but I don't know what what jesus would have um, but just think about it so so He's in this house, and Martha probably sits near to him. She sees his lips are a bit cracked. Maybe I should get him some water. And she goes into the kitchen, fetches him some water. And she's maybe close enough, and this is my, in my mind. And she hears his, his tummy growl, and she's like, oh, he's hungry. I'm going to make him some food. And she comes back, and she says, Jesus, please, just stop talking. Would you please tell my sister, Mary? Mary is like this in front of Jesus. Would you please just tell Mary to, to stand up and to help me in the kitchen? And Jesus responds to her. He says to her the following. He says, he says Martha, you are worried and anxious about a lot of things. But you, you only have to be anxious about one. You only have to worry about one thing. And that is what, what Mary is doing. So he's telling her, listen, I don't want you to serve and to do all these things. I just want you to sit and to listen. And see, in, in Luke 10, it's, it's there on the board. It says that she was distracted with much serving. Doesn't that happen in our life a lot? We forget about the grace of God. We forget that he saved us, the joy of our salvation, the fact that he forgives our sins, and we get into works. And if works isn't born out of a place of intimacy and love, it's worth nothing. We forget about the grace of God. We forget to sit at His feet and just to listen. Just to be in His presence. Just to sit there and to wait. When last did you do that? When last did you just worship with no agenda? Just say, Lord, I'm not coming with my list. I'm not I'm not here to to with the expectation of the, the house moving or shaking or wanting your power to fall on people or to build our small group or to bless me financially. I'm just here for you. I'm just here to love you. I'm just here to speak to you. When last did we do that? It says um, the band can can come to the front. It says that Jesus called his disciples. And then it says to be with him. And from that place, they did everything. But if we cannot be with him, we cannot do anything. We had a picture this morning in worship where... um, sense that God says that it's the church your church is a spring of life it's a spring of water and that there's a lot of people around in secunda that you know that's thirsty for the water that God is pouring out here but you know what if we can't learn to drink from the water that he's giving us it doesn't matter if there's a thirsty town out there because they won't see anything in your life that they desire well they say this is little Christ they look like Christ I see and sense something with them that that I've never sensed before. Scripture says that we are destined to become like Jesus, every single one of us. Every single one of us. So I want you to, to take a moment tonight and just think about that. How is your ministry to God, to Jesus? Do you love Him? Do you tell Him enough? In Revelations, there's a church and... John writes a letter to this church and he says, you've done great things, you've served, you've done this and this and this, and I honor you. And then he says one thing, he says, but I've got this against you. You have forsaken your first love. And he says, God will remove your lampstand. He, he literally tells them, listen, you, you're not going to be at church anymore if you don't return to your first love. It's not about the work. It's not about what we need to do. It's about just meeting with Him. Just being with Him. And from that place, we will be strong. And Daniel 11.32 says, the people who know their God are intimate with Him will be strong and do great and mighty exploits. I think we try to do too much out of our own strength. And what we need to do tonight is just say, Lord, I'm just surrendering. I'm I'm weak. I'm tired maybe. I want to surrender and I want to come to you and I want you to fill me with your strength. Supernatural strength. And then from that place, I want to drink from that water. I want to eat from that living bread. This is Jesus. And then from that place, I want to go. I want to change the world. Can I pray for that for us? Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Lord Jesus, tonight we want to, we want to just declare that we love you, Lord. That there's no one like you. That with everything in us, Lord, we're so thankful for the fact that you saved us. That you healed us. That you redeemed us. Thank you that you have given us joy. And tonight, Lord, we don't want to look at other people and try to keep up with them. Compare ourselves all the time. Be filled with jealousy and envy tonight we just want to sit at your feet and be with you we want to be with you We want to listen to your voice We want to open our ears and open our heart and we don't want to come with an expectation to get something but we want to we want to come and we want to give we want to give ourselves we want to give our worship we want to draw near for the kiss we want to pour that water over your feet and wash it. We want to anoint you with oil. And we want to say you're worthy, Lord. You've forgiven us from much. You've forgiven us from so much. We were far from you, destined for hell. But you've taken us out of that pit of darkness and put us into your kingdom of light. And we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. I want you quickly, just there where you are, in your seat. I want you to forget about the people next to you. If you want to stand, you can stand. If you want to sit, you can sit. But I want you to start to pour out your heart to God. I can't talk on your behalf to God for you. You need to do it by yourself. And I want you to do it right there in your seat. Just start to speak to Him. Start to minister to Him. Tell Him that you've made a decision tonight. Thank you, Lord yes we love you Jesus Jesus we love you just while your eyes are closed I I know what happens is when we minister to him he actually starts to minister to us (laughs) and I really believe that he's here tonight to minister to some of us I specifically feel there's some of us that we are filled with guilt stuff from the past stuff that we did maybe stuff that that we believe and he wants to free us scripture says that that he clothed was unclothed on the cross and he nailed everything the guilt the shame everything to the cross so if that's you just there I'm not going to call you to the front I want to pray for you if that's you just there where you seated you quickly just raise your hand I'm going to name a few things guilt awesome. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, tonight we confess our sins. We confess the things that we've done. I want you, just stay where you're seated, if you raised your hand, I want you to start to confess it. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. I've messed up. I've messed up. Forgive me. Forgive me. Thank you for cleansing tonight. Thank you for a washing of water, Lord, over me, Lord. Thank you that you cleanse me. Thank you that you've forgiven me and that you will keep on forgiving me. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Thank you for your gentleness in this place, Lord. Thank you for your gentleness. If you're not used to this, just just sit there with your eyes closed, okay? We're spending time with the King. Thank you, Lord, that you get rid of all our guilt and all our shame tonight. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I believe there's some of us that we're experiencing quite a dryness spiritually. That we're thirsty for that living water. If that's you, I want you to quickly raise your hand and say, that's me. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. You see those hands. I pray for living water. Lord. We pray that you'll break every single wall around us, Lord. Every single attack of the enemy. Lord, we cancel it in Jesus' name. We cancel it in Jesus' name. I believe there's a lot of you that that, that, um, that experience the attack of the enemy. If that's you, I want you quickly to raise your hand. If you experience the attack of the enemy... Yes, he's coming to steal our momentum and strength. Lord, so you see every single hand. You see every single hand, Lord. And we just, we just say we will not be ignorant of the schemes of the enemy, Lord. But tonight we expose it in Jesus' name. Thank you that no temptation, Lord, will, will come of our path that we cannot handle. And we thank you that we submit tonight, Lord, that you will protect us. Lord, that we are under your wing in Jesus' name. And we say, Lord, that the enemy and every plan that he has for our life is, is null and void. Right now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We cancel those plans over your people. And we thank you. We thank you. We cancel those plans. We cancel those plans. I believe all of us that are struggling with that attacks. there's, there's a lot of us. I want you quickly just to take authority in your own words. Just there where you're seated. I want you to say, Lord, thank you that you've given me the authority over this enemy Lord you've made me victorious Lord I can live in victory thank you that right now as I command the enemy to leave you will fill me with joy fill me with joy it's my strength fill me with joy Lord fill me with joy in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name thank you Lord thank you Lord fill me with joy fill us with joy Lord fill us with joy Lord I believe there's a lady here that um and and it's while every eye is closed that something happened and your heart is broken and i believe the lord says that he wants to heal your heart if that's you quickly just raise your hand yes thank you lord thank you lord thank you that you are healing every broken heart lord that we we just want to declare that nothing is hidden from your sight nothing thank you that you will heal us. Restore us, Lord. Restore us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Restore us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Fresh life, Lord, new water in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Some of us, we're struggling to hear the Lord's voice. And it's actually a bit of a tension. If that's you, quickly just raise your hand. Struggling to hear God's voice. Lord, thank you for opening our ears in Jesus' name. Open our ears in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, open our ears in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord. Yes, we declare that our ears will be open to hear your voice. We say that your sheep hear your voice. We belong to you and you will speak to us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you minister to us, Lord. Thank you that you love us. Lord, even more the desire to for us to speak to you, you've got a desire to speak to us, to minister to us. Yes. Every weak and feeble knee, if that's you, if you're feeling weak, I want to pray for you. If that's you, quickly just raise your hand. You're feeling a bit weak. Maybe you've raised your hand for 10 things now. It's fine if you do it again. You're feeling weak. Okay. I don't know how to describe it differently. So Lord we just thank you that you will strengthen like scripture says every weak and feeble knee and we will run and not grow weary we will run and not grow weary and we will be strengthened tonight as we position ourselves before you Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Lord. I'm almost finished i believe that some of us be struggling to sleep if that's you quickly just raise your hand struggling to sleep struggling to sleep so raise your hand yes lord thank you we break every curse over our our sleep lord over that insomnia lord we just break it in jesus name and we thank you right now that anxiety will quiet down in jesus name fear will quiet down in jesus name we declare that you've not given us a spirit of fear but of power of love and of a sound mind of a sound mind lord sound mind lord There's some of us our hearts feels hardened it feels hardened tonight thank you that you make it soft you make it soft we want to receive your word we want to receive your word Thank you for softening our hearts, Lord.
0: for us is if we want to be a church that's connected to the vine then when God speaks to us like this we we cannot go home without taking it with us that will make us um, it will make us disobedient disciples so what I'm asking is that you get in contact with your accountability partner or find one and this week our homework is to get into the discipline or grow the discipline of ministering unto god spending time of god and praying towards a good god and, and and just leaving our lists for a while scripture says make your request known to god be anxious for nothing philippians 4 that's good but another discipline is just to worship just to worship and and fight for our contentment in god and i think it's a prophetic word from gillie And so what I would like us to do is to talk about.